The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Welcome back to another episode of Being Bumo. Today we are talking about a subject I've been thinking a lot about. Granted that my oldest is six, going on 16, there's a lot of questions around social media and kids and teens. I've heard about kids and teens having cell phones and social media at a younger age more than ever before. And that honestly kind of scares me. And I'm not quite sure how to navigate this new territory. Of course, I know how to navigate it for myself. But when it comes to kids, it's something that I am really trying to educate myself on. More kids now are exposed to social media, whether it be TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, Instagram at such a young age, whether it be through their peers, their older siblings or even parents. I personally love to ask parents with older kids what they have done and how they personally been able to manage this because I know I'm going to have to deal with this in the next few years. Today, I have Christina Zilber. She's a founder of Jouet Cosmetics. She's not only an incredibly successful entrepreneur, but she is such a hands-on mom. The reason why I asked Christina to come on to this podcast, it's not because she's an expert in this field, but she's been able to live it and preach it with her very own kids kids. And I think it's safe to say that she's been quite successful at it. And I think it's safe to say that she's been quite successful at it. She has two kids and one of them, her name is Amelie Zilber. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of her or seen her on your TikTok or Instagram. She has really built such an incredible audience at such a young age. But more importantly, her daughter, Emily Zilber, she not only has a large following and a social media audience, she is definitely someone that does it with such grace and does it so responsibly. Amelie has quickly become one of the most popular faces of her generation, Gen Z, and she does it so responsibly and so well. She is also the brand ambassador for UNICEF and mainly uses her platform to spread social awareness and global issues. And on this episode, Christina shares with us all of our tips that have worked for her and the biggest parenting advice for parents when it comes to social media and kids and teens and how to navigate this world. With that said, here's our conversation. Christina, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here and to chat with you. I I love it. I'm so excited. I think the last time we saw each other was at the Ralph Lauren, like, viewing or some something. I forgot what it was, but that was many, many years ago. So it's nice to see it you. It was back when life, when life was open and we were going to events and I like, I was like, there's Chriselle. I have to go say hi. Like, I thought that was the coolest thing. And I was very inspired by that movie. I have to say that was really inspiring. Same, same. So for starters, I want to know what is the very first thing you did this morning when you woke up? So I have this new thing I started in 2021 where I'm trying to create new habits and I'm hooking two things I do together and making those a morning habit. So, okay, I'm going to be completely honest. I did check Instagram first thing in the morning. It's 
I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm I sure mean, we all are. We then, all are. I mean, <laughs> we try. The intention is there to not jump into social media and we try, but but I do. Fail. And I only give myself a little bit of time because I'm always in a hurry. So I try to get these two things done. The first thing is I try to put on like a little quick meditation while I put my Saluma mask on. Do you know what the Saluma light therapy is? It's like no. this like red light therapy. That's, oh, it's amazing. Right. Like the mask. Wait, is it the one that you, is it the one that you put on your face or is it like surrounding you? It surrounds you. And oh. you, so I lay in bed, I put on my meditate, like a morning medita- meditation. And then I lay there and I do the Saluma because it's really good for building collagen and it's good for your skin. So I'm multitasking. I mean, I'm going to get one of those right away. If I could look like you, I'm going to like, I'm going to do that every day. <laughs> I'm into it. I really am. I love it. I think it's so good. And you see your skin gets glowier, like after a couple of weeks of doing it. And if you have to do it and it's not part of a routine already, it's impossible. You'll never do it. Mm. But the fact that I can like get my meditation done and do it, I'm like, it's done. Or sometimes I'll put a podcast on, like I I listen to podcasts. So it's like I'm multitasking and I feel good about it and it's good for my skin. So that's really good. Yeah. Love it. So skin and meditation, how you set your day. Love that. Okay. So let's jump into it because, you know, this conversation is mainly about raising responsible kids slash teens, which is a topic that I'm personally really interested in because I have a six-year-old that is going on to 16 already. I mean, it's pretty insane. So I have a million questions for you, but before we jump into it, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your company and what you have built, that'll be amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So I am Christina. I'm the founder and creator of Jouet Cosmetics. I created the brand when my babies were babies. They're never not going to be your babies, but they were truly babies. I remember bouncing Emily and being like, I have this idea. I want to create a company where my original idea was really a packaging thought. Like, why can't you create your own makeup palettes mm-hmm. using what you want, like kind of sliding them together and taking them apart? It was this like, customizable makeup palette. But then when I started developing the line, I became obsessed with formula and really wanting to put the best ingredients in the products on my skin. And I'm super picky. Like I would hate to develop something that I wouldn't wear myself. So Mm. I put the best in because it's really like what I'm genuinely going to wear. And I want, so everything in the line, I have a color cosmetics line. Everything has skincare benefits in it. So for example, a concealer, concealer stick has Arbutin because Arbutin like brightens dark spots. It's really good for your skin. I put hyaluronic acid in a ton of products, but I also combine it with like glycerin and other ingredients that lock in the moisture. So I'm just really all about skincare and putting that into color cosmetics. I love it. And I have to say the products are beautiful. And my favorite product from your line is the highlighter because they are really pigmented and it really gives you that kind of glowy look, that boom skin look, um, which I personally love. So yeah, it's a beautiful line and congratulations on all the success there. Thank okay. You. So you said that you had this idea when you had kids or right before you had kids? I had kids. Mm. I had I had little kids. And, you know, I had done a little bit of acting and modeling a few years before, before I had kids. And 
I loved the makeup chair. That was always like the funnest place to be. That was like where all the action took place. You felt safe there. You'd walk in looking sallow and pale and horrible. And all of a sudden, like they transformed you. And I was like, this is magic. So a makeup artist had smushed together a little palette with lip colors in this one palette. And I was like, this is cool. That was like sort of the impetus of it. But it took years of me sort of ruminating and talking about it and thinking about it. I ended up having kids and I kind of wanted to work, but not so much. Like I wanted to work, but not be like corporate nine to five. Mm. And this was sort of like, oh, I'll start this thing. Of course, it became a massive thing. You know, I did. I thought I'll do this when the kids nap. It'll be nothing. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I ended up like, you know, diving my whole life into it. But, you know, it's been super rewarding. And also, I will say having my children grow up watching me work is just such a gift for them. Because it's so important for them to see me passionate about something, putting my heart and soul in something and building something. I think that's really valuable to them. Well, let's talk about that because I feel the same way, but I have also dealt with immense guilt. Still do. Yes. I've seen I've seen you talk about it. It's true. I remember you were in Paris Fashion Week once and you were like, I'm so guilty. Like yeah. Chloe had a performance. I know. I think as Chloe gets older now, it's a lot easier for me, me to explain, you know, I love what I do. Yes, I do have to make money for the family, but I also do it because I truly love it and it, it makes mommy happy. And so do you feel like since you were doing that while raising your own kids, that it affected them in a really positive way? And were there moments where you're like, oh, I wish I could spend more time with them? Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, and that's sort of the, it's very misleading, the idea that you can have it all and the idea that it's effortless and that it's easy. It's not, there's always going to be compromise and you always have to make choices, but you have to also know what your mission in life is and what your goal is. So, you know, I kind of use the analogy of like being in, when my kids were in school and you would join like a committee and the, you know, it was for like the fair or the, whatever those things, those activities mm-hmm. are and you're joined the committee, but you're a working mom. So you're there, you show up at 2 PM or whatever time that meeting is because you're going to rearrange your schedule and you're going to sit there and then they spend a half an hour discussing the color of a ribbon. (laughs) And you're like, I'll take care of the ribbon. I'll take care of it. You know, like sometimes I think that, you know, being passionate doesn't mean that you have to work. It can be, you could be an artist and paint in your, you know, in your, another room or whatever that is, that is your passion and work or whatever. It's making you a a better person and a more rounded person. And I think it's better for your kids. Like Mm -hmm. they don't want you on their backs at all times anyway, you know, like it's very healthy for them to have caretakers nannies, grandparents, whatever it is, it's so healthy for them to bond with other people, have connections and explore life outside of you. So I think it's actually really positive. That's incredible that I think a lot of working parents, especially moms have to hear that, especially from someone like you, because the majority of our followers are newer moms. And so, you know, you are way ahead of the curve than most of us because you have, how old are your kids? They're grown up. It's terrible. My daughter just turned 19 and my son is 20 and I had them really close together. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So you're definitely ahead of us. I think it's really encouraging and inspiring to hear that it all turns out okay. You know, all that guilt, all that work that you feel like, you know, maybe you should have spent more time with your kids or whatnot. Like they all turn out okay. So that's really encouraging. And it's really about like, 
the kinds of people who's who's taking care of them? How you know are you observing them? Really, do you know what they're doing? Just being as as involved as you can, but also like, uh, I'll say that I had an amazing therapist. I I was divorced my when my kids were five and six. Mm. That's a really difficult age to divorce. Like it's just on the mom, less so on the kids. I will say because they kind of don't really know. Yeah, but you know, I was like, I would complain to my therapist, like my ex husband, like he doesn't feed them the same way, or he doesn't do mm. this with them, like he doesn't wake up early in the morning with them in color or whatever it was. And he said, that's actually really good. They're going to learn how to take care of themselves there. That that's They're going to learn skills with him mm. that they're not going to learn with you. And I was like, ooh, that's a really good one. And don't you feel like they have to learn to take care of each other? Because when they're shuffling back from like households, then they're they're the constants, right? That they have each other. So they have to kind of grow up together and take care of each other, which is a, such a special bond, in my opinion. It really is. Yeah. I mean, they're my kids are super close. This podcast is brought to you by Athleta, a performance lifestyle brand for women committed to unlocking their limitless potential. The guiding principle that drives every design, beauty, innovation, and sustainability. Each style is crafted for the unique needs of the female bodies in motion. This summer, Athleta is your go-to short destination. Distraction-free and ultra-lightweight, their shorts are designed so nothing can get in the way of you and your goals. From bike shorts to Bermudas, run shorts to everyday staples, they have your shorts. My personal favorite pair has been the Trekkie North Short because one, they're incredibly chic, and two, they have such a amazing stretch. And three, they have lots of pockets, which I need because I carry a lot of things around. In honor of short season, Athleta is encouraging us to lead with our legs, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's running a new PR, climbing to new heights, or standing up for what you believe in, let your legs lead you forward. I've been wearing my Trekkie North shorts nonstop. I've been going hiking a lot lately, and I just love the fact that it just feels so free, and I'm able to just run, walk, chase my kids as fast as I can, and it just allows me to run, walk, or chase my kids as fast as I can, all while looking chic doing it. Summer is a time to celebrate the legs that move us forward. Find your new favorite pair of shorts at Athleta and let your legs lead the way. Visit Athleta in stores or online at athleta.com to shop their full range of shorts available in sizes extra extra small to triple x i'm amanda lipman i run an organization called run for something i wrote a book called run for something and now i host this show also called run for something my mission is simple find people who care about solving problems and help them run for office every tuesday i'll talk with amazing and incredible candidates and elected officials who are already making a difference. They're in local offices that might seem small and not so sexy, but are actually hugely important for your day-to-day life. Fixing our broken system will take all of us and people like you. Listen in every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so let's get into this because I, okay, when I think about someone that has done it right and not that anyone is perfect by all means, but when I think about like big picture how I want my daughters to be as they grow up. I look at your daughter, Emily, and I'm like, she does it so well and she does it so responsibly. And I like, I get emotional thinking about it because I'm like, I want my girls to look up to someone like her. She's cool. She's sexy, but she doesn't take those things for granted, right? She doesn't overuse those things because I feel like that generation 
definitely there are some fine lines where you're like, um, that's kind of questionable, right? But I feel like your daughter, is it Amelie or Amelie? It's either one, really. In uh, France, it's Amelie, Amelie, uh-huh. but everybody calls her Amelie. So okay. either one, I call her both. So Amelie, I feel like, She does it so well. And for those of you that don't know Amelie, you should. She is just a star like on all social platforms. And she uses her platforms to not only show off her cute outfits and, you know, her skincare and her beauty tips and like her body and all, but she uses it mainly to spread awareness of things that are happening around the world. And for me, I'm like, that started with parenting. That started at home, right? Because of course, maybe her peers are interested in that as well. But the actual like foundation of that started from home. And I know that that started with you. So that's why I wanted to have you on this podcast because as I mentioned, I have a six-year-old that is already pretty much 16 years old and social media is something that I've been thinking a lot about really. And I used to put Chloe on my socials a lot, but I actually kind of stopped recently because now that the girls are getting, I mean, Colette's still fine, but you know, Chloe, she goes to a school where there are older girls now. Um, Her school goes all the way up to middle school. And some of them do recognize her from my TikToks and stuff. And I don't want her to feel that I've created like, a platform for her or like have kind of thrown her into this world that she didn't ask for, you know, so that I, it's been very intentional for me to kind of stop posting her on my social as much, but I wanted to ask you just for starters, is there anything that you did intentionally? Or I think when Alma Lee was probably in her teens, social media was probably just starting to take off, right? When did you give her a phone? When did you allow her to have social media? I want to know it all. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was kind of a thing at our at my kids' school that kids got their first phones in sixth grade. Wait, how how old is are they in sixth grade? I think they're about 12. Yeah, 12 turning 13. You know, it's right around there. Got it. Some kids got them earlier, but it was sort of the standard at the school. And I will say this is that don't hold yourself, whatever I'm saying right now should mean nothing to you. It should mean you need to like judge it yourself. So Mm -hmm. what are the kids around your kids doing? Because if you set a standard, if you say, I'm not going to let you have a phone until you're 14, but everybody at school has their phones at 11, then you're actually putting your child in a difficult position because then Mm -hmm. they're not like, they're not cool. They don't know how to handle it. They're, you know, it just, it becomes something that's taboo and then they're going to sneak it and want it. And I, I just think let's follow, but let's be involved. So mm. I think that's my, that would be like my first advice in this is like, don't put a number in your head, kind of get gauge when your parent, when the, the friends of your kids, when are they getting their phones and, you know, how are they using it? So the most important thing when you do decide, and for us, it was around 12 and it might be earlier now because times have changed and everybody's got phones and, you know, you want your kids connected if they take the school bus or whatever it is, you know, right. it's really to be super involved in the conversation. So what I did a couple of things, I will say, right. I probably did a thousand things wrong, but I did a couple of things. One is that I always told them that I own the phone. I pay for it. So I can look at it anytime I want. So that's a really important rule. And you can be like, hand it over. Let's check out. Let's check your texts. Let's check, you know, be really involved. And it's not to be 
like the evil bad parent. It's really to be like, let's discover this world together. But one mm-hmm. of the first things I did, and I will, I, I think she's still doing this, is I brought a woman to the house. I invited a bunch of kids over and their parents. And I brought this woman over to the house. I will share her name. Her name is Lori Getz. And she does seminars for schools and parents on how to navigate the internet safely. So my daughter and I were talking about it last night. We had a conversation about me doing this podcast, which was a whole really cute moment because um, (laughs) let me go to the moment really quickly. (laughs) So you don't remember this at all, but when we were in New York, it was, Mm -hmm. she was doing a, she was doing a camp actually at Columbia, which is like, we can get into that. That's sort of how she got really involved in educating herself and, and all of that. But we followed you. We loved Chloe so much. We were like, so into your family and like, oh, and we would like DM each other. Like, did you see Chloe today? Oh my God, she's so cute. Like we, we had a whole thing. And like, she commented on one of your photos and you commented back. And it was like so major. It was such a cute moment. Like oh. she was like, oh, I can't believe it. So cute. And the funny story here is that I've known you, Christina, for a while through your cosmetics brand. And you always talked about your daughter to me. And I was not aware that it was Amelie. And when I put the two and two together, I'm like, of course, that's her mom. They look exactly alike. I had no idea. That's so funny. Oh, gosh. I I mean, now the tables have turned because Amelie is just a star. So whenever she comments on my things, I'm like, Amelie commented on my photo or she liked my photo. (laughs) That is so cute. But so I went into her room last night and I said, what did I do right? And what did I do wrong? And she said, I said, do you remember the woman we brought to the house? She said, yes. And it's interesting because my son remembered something different from her than my daughter, but this was really, really interesting. My daughter said, I remember the only thing I remember her saying and teaching us was don't take selfies on your bed because that is putting yourself in this sexualized situation. And you don't know who anybody is out there. You know, like somebody may have a fake account and pretend they're a 15-year-old girl. And you have to assume that whoever's looking at that, you that you don't personally know is a stranger. Would you bring them into your bedroom? Would you have them looking at you on the bed? So she was like, I was traumatized by that. And I was, I followed that rule. Like I would never post on my bed. So that was like an interesting. Wow. That is, yeah. that is incredible. That I've never actually heard about anyone bringing like an expert into their house, but I need that information because I'm about to call her up once my kid gets to that age. (laughs) And I'm sure she has different programs for different ages. She's Mm -hmm. really savvy and she has a whole website and she speaks all across the country and she was fantastic. So it was a great, it was a great experience. My son, on the other hand, remembered from, I asked him and I said, you know, what, what do you remember from that night? And he said, I remember her saying, before you post anything, before you text anything, anything on this device, which is truly not private, you have to imagine everything is in the cloud. Everything is is out there. Would your Would you be proud if your grandmother saw it, or would you pr- be proud if the school principal or a teacher saw it? Mm. So before you send push send, put those filters on. And he remembered that. And that. I think hearing it from someone else, because it's hearing it one thing from your mom or your parent, it's just nagging, right? But you're hearing it from somebody else, then you're thinking, oh, well, I don't want to disappoint, you know, my teachers. I don't want to disappoint. And that kind of eliminates, I mean, I'm hoping that like sexting and all of those things that are pretty common in, in that age group, I guess. So that's really incredible. That is really, really good advice. 
thought it was very helpful. She was, she was incredible. But I would also just say that like, you know, we get scared of new, you know, I have friends who've got kids and they're like, oh, what is that TikTok thing? You know, they don't really know about it. And then they, their kids are on it, but they don't have any awareness but like sit down with your kids and like watch TikTok together, see what comes up on their feed, like make it fun, but not in a really like I'm parenting you way, but just like we're hanging out and, you know, get involved in it. I think like parents tend to like, ooh, back off. I agree because I actually had this recent experience. I went to a, like a staycation and a bunch of like really young kids, like nine-year-old kids, 13-year-old kids came up to me. They're like, oh my God, it's the rich mom, da, 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 right? Totally fine. But they were following me throughout kind of like the pool and all of that. And then their parents came and they were more so like my age, right? And they're like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why my kids are like doing this. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Like they just know me from TikTok. And they're like, yeah, we've never been on TikTok, but we keep hearing about this thing. And, and I'm like, okay, there's a disconnect there, right? Because... It's one thing if your nine-year-old is on TikTok and so be it. If you let your kid, a nine-year-old on TikTok, that's your thing, right? No one's here to judge, but it's really important to understand what they're consuming on TikTok, right? Because I was thinking in my head, I was like, my content is like not really PG. It's more like PG-13 sometimes rated R because I make these really funny sexualized kind of videos, not like, but kind of mockery. Right. And I was like, oh gosh, like I feel bad for them. I feel bad for the parents that their kids are watching my content, you know, and they don't know. And that's not my responsibility. You know, that's their responsibility as a parent. And so I love that advice is that it's really important to understand what they're consuming. Right. Because then you could either, I don't know, like filter it a little bit more for them, make it age appropriate, whatever it is. And have a conversation because oftentimes it's not even about filtering. It's like, you know, with Emily, like we'll, you know, we'll see something she'll show me, you know, or, and especially now she's 19, but even at 16, I mean, like we were discussing you at 15. Mm. I mean, obviously your Instagram content, it was different, you know, and I don't remember there weren't stories. Where were we seeing you and Chloe? It might've been Snapchat. I think it was Snapchat because that's when Snapchat was taken off. And yeah, I think Instagram and Snapchat was a bit more like filtered and like a bit more, uh, yeah, this is my beautiful, beautiful life. Like, but we were watching, I mean, yeah. I, I remember following your stories in Paris and you feeling mom guilt and, you know, all of that. But anyway, but the point being that like we were watching things together. It was like, we followed similar accounts. Like I was like, we, so we could be like, oh mom, did you see that? And like, you know, we could have that conversation. I love that. And it's become kind of like a way to connect together versus like, what are you watching now? Right. Okay. So yeah, that is my one. Okay. Cause like there's one overall theme I would say to my parenting is meet your kids where they are. So if they are on TikTok, then you're going to hang out on the sofa together and have them show you TikTok or whatever it is. Meet them where they are mm. because there is, we always expect our kids to be where we are. And when they're, you know, we, let's go to them. Let's do, let's follow their passions, their interests, whatever they're into. That's where we're going. I love that. And I think that is, 
I, I think that's such a healthy way to create a relationship with your child without making them feel like you're just gonna, you know, I don't know, tell parent. Exactly. So that kind of le- leads me to my next question. It seems like you, I don't know so much about your son, but it seems like you and Amelie are best friends. And was that always the case? Like, how was it as you were raising her? Was there more of like a parent-daughter dynamic um, versus like this friend dynamic? Is that something that has developed later on? Yeah. Okay. So that's such a really, that there could be books written on this. So I don't believe when you're raising your kids, you should try to be their friends Mm. because you're not there to be their friends. They have friends. You're there to be their guide and their mentor and their supporter and, you know, set boundaries. And it's not, I think that we get, we, we sort of put moms in this bucket of they're either like really stern and really like, you know, authoritarian, or you're like really buddies with your, your kid. And I, I think there's a middle ground and I, and I really feel like, you know, it's our job to set boundaries. Like kids will always push against them and they'll always take, try to go a little bit further. So keep the boundaries in, but be, you know, be friends with them in the sense of like, you are there. They, children want you to be their number one. They -hmm. always want you first before their friends. So be there for them, be that person, you know, and the more that you can engage in their life and their interests, the more they're going to come to you with those things. If you don't know what TikTok is, then, and they see something, they're not going to go tell you what they just saw on TikTok. And is it true? You know, maybe they're seeing stuff about like vaccinations or like Mm -hmm. about like, you know, things that are going on. Cause TikTok is a deep hole of all kinds of things, you know, right, but if your right. kid doesn't have a relationship with you, they're not going to be the ones asking you and you mm-hmm. want them to be the one they want to ask you. You want them to ask you the question. So I think that that friendship evolves over time, but to the outside eye, Emily and I have always been like best friends, but I will say I was her parent first, you know, and I really did set boundaries and, you know, try to rein it all in. I think that's really, really good advice because I, I do agree. I feel like people have feel like they have to choose one or the other. You're either like the strict parent that's not their friend or like you're the cool parent, but there is the middle ground. And that is why I wanted you on this podcast because I feel like you've done it so, so well. And it's cool to also see you develop your own brand and your own personality on social, both TikTok and Instagram. Do you find inspiration from your kids? Uh, oh my God, yes. <laughs> yes, right? I mean, well, uh, like I, yours are a little bit young, but um, I feel like I have market research right in my house. Yeah. So, you know, I can ask her anything. I can, you know, what's trending, what, you know, and I think, at first, when I went on TikTok, she was a little bit like, why are you on TikTok? Especially because a year ago, it was not what it is now, you know, yeah. sort of like, but yeah, she's so savvy. I ask her all the time. I send her photos. Should I post this? What should I do? How, you know, how should I do it? She's amazing. She's that's, so savvy. That's incredible. And how did this, uh, where did this side of her kind of being the brand ambassador for UNICEF and also talking about these global issues come about. I actually did that White House thing with her and she did so well. I was like, oh my God, if my daughter was doing this, I would be crying right now. Um, I think I cried. I might've cried. I, I might've cried. I had like three devices filming it. I was like, shh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was amazing because, 
you know, someone at that age being able to represent that generation, right? And being able to ask these questions that are so important for that generation versus just like making TikTok dances all day, which is fine too, if that's your thing. But she really stands up for important issues that are important to her and her community. So where, was this always in her? Is this something that you raised her as? We, it's, it's, oh, it's a little bit funny because I mean, definitely it comes from me as far as I was always involved, involved with politics meaning like I was always curious and just active in whatever way I could. I was also involved with UNICEF. And from the time they were little, we would do trick or treat for UNICEF, you know, the little boxes and all of those things. And my son, and he's not on social media really at all. So um, we don't get to see him much, but he's a genius. He's really, really smart and very, he just knows things. Like he, he reads the news. And when he was young, when he was like 13, he was really involved. And I would watch Fareed Zakaria on Sunday mornings, which is like a world news. And we would have these conversations and Emily felt really left out. So she'll always say, all she was trying to do was keep up with her brother. But in <laughs> trying to keep up with her brother, she created this newsletter for ki- for like tweens and teens that was like the news. It was like, mm. I'm going to take the news and sum it up for you in two sentences so you know what the heck is going on. Because when you hear things about like Israel-Palestine or, you know, these are big, huge issues. And she realized as she did this for years. So she wrote this newsletter for, I want to say seven or eight years, like every single Sunday, she would not do it when she went to camp or if it was Christmas vacation, but every Sunday she would put out this newsletter and it was amazing. It like taught her to be super aware of the world, to be able to like read a story, condense it down, be able to like tell somebody about it. Articulate it. it, Yeah. Articulate it. Exactly. And that was really the start of that. So when she started doing TikTok and she didn't really, she's not a dancer. She's not a dancer. Not everybody can be that. (laughs) Not everybody can be that. So she was like, how do I find my way in this world? What is my voice? And it was right leading up to the elections. So right when pandemic hit, you know, she started talking about the things that she was already writing about in her newsletters and that that went viral. So that became a thing that she became known for. And it brought her so much incredible joy to know like these girls, like girls all over the world you know, right into her. And they're like, you're my inspiration. I want to be like you. I study the news. I want to study international relations or I want to like, so they tell her things like that. And like, that just makes her want to cry. Like, she's like, that's amazing that I can have that influence. That is who you want your kids to look up to, right? Because they are standing up for something beyond just like themselves and self-image. And, you know, we are in a generation, including my, our generation, we're so consumed with ourselves and selfies and how we look and all of that. And that, that is how social media was really built off of. But now I feel like with this next generation, like bringing in more awareness and standing up for things that you really believe in, I see a lot of hope in that. And that gets me really excited. So just seeing Amelie just, you know, growing and preaching about these incredible, important things uh, brings me a lot of inspiration And obviously it all comes from you because, you know, you started it yourself at home. I always say that it always starts at home. So it really does. And we, you know, we would sit around the dinner table and talk about, you know, you know, I'm just so interested in in current events in the world that that's what I would want to talk about. So, you know, directing that conversation. And, you know, one of the things that like I, one of the things that I love to do was, when when kids have vacation, it's such a weird concept now because we're just ending lockdown. So we're like, vacation. What is that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> but, 
We have a tendency to hang out in packs. Like if your kids are at school and then the family is going to this certain place for vacation, everybody goes together, the kids can play together, the parents can drink and have fun. And it becomes sort of like a routine and it's easy. But every year I wanted to take the kids on some special trip that was just us that was really out of our comfort zone. Mm. Meaning it wasn't, you know, a fancy hotel with a pool and a, you know, it was like, we went to discover the world. So the kids and I would go on trips. We've been to Vietnam. We've been to, I mean, we've been to Africa. We've been to just the most like incredible random places. I want it. We've been to Turkey. We've been, I wanted them to get exposed to the world. And I always hired a guide at least for one or two of the days there so mm-hmm. that we could just like hang out and visit stuff and ask questions. And, you know, if the kids were not into a museum, I would be like, we're not going to a museum. Like we're going to find fun things. I want them to like have fun and be interested. I don't want to force them into seeing something my way, but I wanted them to discover the world. So then we could like have context when we're talking about the world. I love that. And I I love that you give them the opportunity to learn about the world outside of them, because I think as kids and teens, we're so wrapped up in our own world and you feel like that's all you know and that's all you have. And then once you're exposed to everything around you, you're just like, wow. I It's not so far away. All of a sudden you see another country and like people in those country, then their culture and their, their and you're like, wait, that, I, that was like a six hour flight. Like how did, like that's so yeah. close. We're all yeah. so connected, you know? That's incredible. That's actually something that I would really love to do when the girls get older. Uh, at what age did you start doing that? I started pretty young. I'll have to look back at that, but probably around 10, um, you know, 10 and 11. Yeah, I definitely started taking them. My son came with me. We went on a trip, the two of us to Senegal. Mm. Um, That was incredible. And then my daughter and I went to Malaysia. Mm. So we've just like seen incredible, incredible things. We did those with unit, those two trips with UNICEF. So that was why they were always involved with UNICEF and uh. learn, seeing the perspective of not a hotel with a pool, but like what's happening on the ground, what is really going on. I love that. I love that. I mean, yeah. I mean, why not? If we do have these vacation days, why not like expose them to things that they're not used to? Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're coming towards the end of this, but I would like to hear if you had just like one general kind of advice you could give parents that are raising kids that are starting to thinking about their teenage years, what would that be? And if there's any specific tip or yeah, advice that you could give them, that would be great. It's a big, it's a big question. I I mentioned it before and I really mean, and and, and that is that you, you want to meet your kids where they are and respect where they're, where they are. You know, when my son was about 12, he started getting into gaming, for example, Mm. like video games. And a lot of parents would be really against that. But like, I was like, let's go all into that. And what ended up happening is he started playing these games that were like all about history. And then he became like a history buff because of video games. And then he ended up doing history Olympiads, you know, like really like intellectual stuff, but it started with a video game. And if I were really like against him doing a video game, that wouldn't have allowed him to blossom into that. So, you know, I just always want to say to parents, go where your kids are, join Mm -hmm. them on TikTok, go where, if they don't want to play football or, you know, dance ballet, like I know we might've loved those experiences, but like go where they are and where they want to go, you know, just allow them to go on their path. I feel like that's the most important. And that is such an, like great advice because the kids are eventually going to do 
what they're going to do because I'm pure testament to that. My parents didn't want me in fashion, but I ended up somehow in fashion anyways, right? (laughs) So I found a way no matter what. So I agree. We could have kind of taken away a lot of that friction during that time, the tension, if they just met me where I was at. I mean, not saying that they're horrible parents. It's all a learning curve for all of us. But yeah, that is really great advice. And do you have any anything that you're coming out with or anything that we should be in the know about or any products? Because I just, I think you have such amazing, amazing products that everyone should try out. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Well, I mean, we're really known for like our, I'm I'm all about solving my own issues. Like that's that like, you know, self-absorbed, like look in the mirror and be like, what? I need a better concealer. So I'm going to go formulate one. We're really known for our concealers and like blushes, like you said, highlighters, you know, we've got some good stuff coming. We've got some cream eyeshadow crayons that are launching, I think next week that are insane. They're so good. They're so easy and fast, especially if you're a mom on the go, we don't have time to sit in front of the makeup mirror for like 30 minutes. You know, we've got people, little humans tugging and pulling. So it's all about like fast, easy, effortless, looking the best you can, but doing good for your skin. Yeah. Amazing. And where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Well, I'm on Instagram, CZ Jouet or TikTok. Come on TikTok. Come and find me. Um, I'm on TikTok and my, my, my brand Jouet Cosmetics is on Instagram. You can DM. I answer all my DMs myself. So that's always good. And the brand is on Jouet Cosmetics or Sephora. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for all the incredible advice. You know, I really look up to you for so many reasons. And thank you for spending your afternoon with me. I mean, what an incredible pleasure because I've known I've known you really since before you had kids and you are a beautiful mom and your children are beautiful and thank you're you. your pleasure to watch and follow. Thank you so much. I will talk to you soon. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and it would mean the world to me if you took a second to rate, review, and follow. It really is the best way to support the show and don't forget to head over to our Instagram for more parenting tips and inspiration at Bumo Parent. And if you guys are looking for high quality virtual education for your little ones ages one through seven years old, make sure to check out at Bumo Brain on Instagram or go to www.bumobrain.com. We have a wide range of topics that your little ones will surely get so excited about from Dr. Kid to Chef Math to our foreign language program. We have all sorts of languages. Forbes called Bumo Brain the classroom of the future and it really is the best platform for early learners. Go to www.bumobrain.com to learn more.